We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul Douglas and DJ and Jordana and Jor, I, I speak for all of us when I say I, I really wish you weren't down in Rochester at the Mayo Clinic. I wish you didn't have to worry about this. I I wish you had to worry about just the normal, mundane, everyday stuff. But um, I'm glad you're with me. Well, thank you. Thank you. You guys know I was supposed to be doing the show from home right now. Um, So, yeah, that um, it stinks that I'm still here, but uh, I'll give you a quick update. So, and by the way, I'm joining you on the Google Duo. So here we go. You guys can see me. Sorry about that. I had lots of doctors in my room, uh, but I am here now. So, um as the listeners know, I was supposed to get released, but they found a marker in my blood level called creatinine, um, which is a marker of like a, it's a kidney marker. And it was elevated a lot. So they said that the elevation almost overnight would have caused, it's been on the rise, but it kind of jumped uh, like a, a decent amount overnight. And they said that was concerning to them because... Uh, that means a decrease of like 30 to 40% of my kidney function. So they said, we need to figure out what's causing that. And I said, well, it's obviously the meds you're giving me. That we all, This isn't a mystery. And they said, well, the meds aren't affecting other parts. Like if it was totally the meds, other blood marker levels would be rising. Other proteins would be rising. And they said, and it's not. So they were a little more concerned than I would like them to be. Like everyone kind of freaked out here. And I had the nephrology team come in. Those are, you know, kidney specialists. And I was like, how? And they gave me, they put in an IV, which I was hoping to like avoid because, you know, that's annoying. But they put in an IV and then they gave me a bunch of saline and they said, let's test again. Well, thankfully, after the saline, the number did go down a little bit. So I thought, oh, great, no problem, problem solved, woohoo, great, you know, let's, let's get out of here. Um, but they said it's not that easy, necessarily. They are looking for a possible kidney stone or some kind of lymph node in the kidney that might be blocking it, and they just want to do a kidney ultrasound to make sure that they're, oh, my, the kidneys are okay before I leave. And you know what, Paul, I'm here, right? I have to be as healthy as I possibly can. So nothing blocks my path to transplant. And that means for the next two months, I just got to stay as healthy as possible. So if there is a kidney stone or if there's something like that, they need to be aware of it. So I'm staying another night. And at any point during this show, and you know, we're used to this medical emergencies during the show. Oh, George bleeding. She spiked a fever. Something happened. Um, they are going to come and get me 
to go down to kidney ultrasound. So heads up on that. They may be wheeling me out in the middle of the show. So So you might have to take over. Are they asking you to stay hydrated? I mean, you have been drinking a lot of water, right? A ton. I said, here, I'm going to show it to you guys. I can post this. It's like, uh, let's see, how many ounces is this? It's a jug, um, a jug of water. Yeah. 18, 20 ounces at a time. And I've been chugging like four of them a day. And I've been doing my best, but I guess it wasn't enough because they still had to pump a bunch of saline into me. And that helped. We think that that's what helped. We hope because the number went down a little bit. So while I thought, oh, great, it went down. And we just found all of this out in the last 20 minutes. Um, I thought I was going to be done, but they said, no, one more night. We need to keep you. We need to monitor. Then they want new blood levels in the morning and um, never without drama. Well, yeah, good grief. You've had enough drama. So does this mean the chemo is on hold until they figure out what's going on? Nope. See, that's the thing. They need to keep giving me this chemo. It's okay. oral, but they need to keep giving it to me. So they need to find a way that all my other organs and you know blood products are functioning while I'm getting this chemo. So they're fine. They're trying. That's why they're trying to find the source of this rise. If not. They might have to lower the dose of the chemo that they're giving me, which is, again, something that we don't want to do because I need to. And hopefully I'm in remission. We'll do another bone marrow biopsy next month to see if I'm in MRD remission at the molecular level. I'm in blood remission, but not at the molecular level. So they just want to keep me here. Like where I am right now is okay, But theoretically, the chemo, this oral chemo could be breaking up the whatever leukemic cells are in my body, which would be really great. Right. Um, before I go to to transplant, so we need to ke- I need to keep the chemo going, and we need to do whatever we can for the rest of my body to keep this chemo going. And that means fixing whatever issue is in my kidney, and hopefully maybe finding out nothing's wrong with your kidney's drawer. It was just a spike. You weren't hydrated enough. Right. Drink tons of water. You know, call me later. Right, Jor. We've been taking it day by day for a year and a half, and we'll take it day by day going forward and hour by hour minute by minute you do what you have to do uh you can have an excused absence anytime you need it okay the doctors i don't think i can take you with me to the ultrasound room but wouldn't that be cool well they're looking at my kidney now they've just put on the gel because it's a non-invasive procedure so i'll be awake but um I don't think we're going to be broadcasting it, that. It might annoy the doctors. You don't want to annoy the doctors, okay? You think? I know, right? Yeah, keep, keep, keep them happy. Hey, I know. when we come back, George, take a deep breath. You do what you have to do. Yes. Dan Cook is going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes to talk about turbulent times within some, not all, but many evangelical churches. There are convulsions going on right now in the Christian Church. And Dan Cook is going to weigh in on that next. Jordana and DJ, have you switched churches in the last two years? A lot of people have, for a long list of reasons. A lot of changes going on in the church community, especially the evangelical church community. And with us, joining us right now, is Dan Cook who produces Chad Hartman's show and is on the air and love the back and forth with Dan and Chad and Adam Carter. But in addition, Dan is a Bethel seminary student and a pastoral intern. And um, I, I get into conversations with Dan about religion from time to time, and I always learn something. Uh, Dan, welcome back to the show. 
Hi, Paul. How you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. Um, I know a lot of pastors who are not doing okay. They've lost, in some cases, half of their uh, parishioners for a long list of reasons. Mm-hmm. Because maybe the the sermon touched on subjects that were touchy. What is going on? In the evangelical church right now, is it a schism or am I overstating that? I don't know that I'd say it's a schism because I think the bulk of the evangelical portion of Christianity is pretty much on the same page. The problem is that that page happens to be vastly different than some than the other page that some of us look at. Uh, and it's trying to see if there's any way to bridge that gap. I mean, unity and community are such huge parts of Christianity that when you have folks that have wildly different ideas of what Christianity is supposed to fo- focus on, uh, you end up with what almost becomes different ideas of religion altogether, and that's that's a very scary thing for people who care about the church and, and unity within the church. What what has set this off? I, I don't remember this being an issue five, ten, twenty years ago. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's something that's been simmering for a long time. You and I were talking. I just had finished a book for class called Jesus and John Wayne, and I highly recommend it for people that care about stuff like this. Because if you want to understand how the white evangelical church became such a political force, this sort of lays out the history of that. And there's definitely a slant in the, uh, in the writing of it without any question, but um, it, it gives you a pretty good idea of what's going on. So this has been simmering for, for a long, long time. And now when you have groups stepping forward and trying to really focus on racial justice and try to focus on issues uh, when we have all the upheaval that we've had over the last few years – it's, it's now manifesting itself as a power play in the church where the folks who've had control and don't want to think about that sort of thing and don't want to talk about sort of that sort of thing are feeling their control being threatened, and hence you have all of this, uh, this chaos and, and uh, arguing going on. Well, Dan, you and I are both Christians. Mm. Uh, we are admonished to spread the good news, right, when and where we can. Yes. But, I mean, where did things go off the rails? Is that, you know, Christianity as a political party... Uh, what exactly caused this uh, convulsion? Yeah, that you we're know, I, I said this the other day uh, on Chad's show that uh, the power of Christianity is in the cross, not in the sword. Um, it's in the self-sacrificial orientation towards others and the concern towards others. That's the power of Christianity, which goes against the power of the world, which has always been the sword. It's been the militaries that try to bludgeon other people into submission. It's that whole idea of coming mm-hmm. over in a controlling fashion. And what you see is a certain portion of the Christian world, especially in this country, has tried to pick up the sword, has tried to pick up political power, has tried to assert itself over and above everybody else. Uh, and that, that never works out well. That never, ever throughout history worked out. Go all the way back to the third century and Constantine and uh, Christianity becoming the official religion of Rome. As much as that stopped persecution and was a good thing, uh, it, it, there was a whole lot of bad stuff that came out of that when Christians got power and decided okay, now that we were persecuted for all this time, now we're going to do the persecuting because that's fair. And that's not, that's not the spirit of Jesus at all. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dan, it's Jordana. I, I love this conversation and just absorbing all of it. And I'm, I'm learning a lot uh, about this, this rift right now. Mm-hmm. So how do you or do you preach to this? Is it, do you guys incorporate this in your sermons? And if not, how would you, so our listeners can help reconcile that? It's complicated. There are ways you can preach, I guess I would say preach leaning into it, you know, and not being afraid to say this is what's going on in certain circumstances and, and 
if we go back to you know Jesus magnum opus, right, the Sermon on the Mount, and you start looking through the blessings that Jesus offers, the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, and how we are to as Christians to be following Jesus, here's his sort of core message. And when you start comparing that to some of the things that are being done in the name of the Christian church today, it doesn't line up. It just doesn't. And so, yeah, you can preach into that, especially if you're doing a series on Sermon on the Mount or if you're doing a series on that. So you try when you're preaching to talk about current issues and things that are affecting people's lives right here and now. Um, and that's going to be part of it on some level. It depends on the text that you're working with, and it depends on what you know, direction your church is trying to go. Uh, but, yeah you, yeah, you have to kind of be real about it. If, you're not, if we're not being real, look, God knows what's in all of our minds and all of our hearts. If we're trying to project an image other than that in a church situation, what, what are we even doing at that point? Dan, and this may be above your pay grade. I don't know. I sure. mean, you— you know a lot about a There's lot. a lot and above my pay grade, Paul. So you, <laughs> you can we know no, what you get paid. It's yeah, not a lot at WCCO sure. Radio. <laughs> it's even less than my church situation right now. So by all means, go ahead. You can say no comment. Yeah. I'm not a historian, but based on your read of history, did the Founding Fathers envision or favor a Christian America? I thought they were pretty serious about freedom of religion, pluralism, yeah. Uh, welcoming everybody, and you worship your your faith. The, you serve God or not serve God right. uh, the way you want to. Uh, what's because I hear that every now and then as an excuse for what I would call the weaponization yep. of Christianity. Yep. Uh, yeah, and the answer to that question is no, but it's a nuanced no, um, because most of the founding fathers were of some form of Christianity in, in some way, shape, or form. Right. But most of them were of the Enlightenment era, so they were more of what we call a deist form of Christianity. They believed in a creator God. They believed that that creator God imbued his people with, with abilities and that it was to see those people uh, flourish within those abilities on their own, that the God sort of was removed from what was going on, that he was there, but he wasn't necessarily directly involved, and they were super into human ingenuity and human improving of human life. Um, what we know of Christianity today, especially in this evangelical world that you and I were talking about, that bears no resemblance to the faith of the Founding Fathers. So when people try to use, you know, hey, we're supposed to be a Christian country, and they're thinking about Christianity as we know it today, that's absolutely not what was going on back in the time of the Founding Fathers. And you see, you know, if you look through the histories, look, John Adams wrote in a, in a peace deal with Tripoli, right? Specifically, the United States was not, you know, created as a Christian country, period, end of paragraph. That's what he said. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, went through the Christian New Testament, and cut out with a razor blade anything that appeared miraculous or supernatural and reduced Hmm. Jesus essentially to a really wise individual. That was his view of it. Ben Franklin looked at churches as civic institutions, as places for for people of influence to gather and commune with one another. Uh, so when you start breaking down what their individual faiths look like, it doesn't bear a real strict resemblance to the kind of you know, evangelical faith we see today. So when you're saying Christian country, what does that actually mean is, becomes the thing. And if you mean Christianity as we know it today, and that's what's supposed to be the foundation of this country, then the answer has to be no. But we've always had a strong and also, Judeo-Christian yes. ethic, yeah. right? There's no question about that. But it's not – like you said, it was, the Founding Fathers were very careful to say – that any religion could be practiced here. They didn't want the government coming and telling you what religion that you have to practice. So if the, if the state then sponsors one particular form of religion, they are tacitly 
informing their citizenry which form of religion they're supposed to, to follow. So. Right. Okay. Wow. And also maybe we shouldn't look to the Founding Fathers for morality issues. You know, they did a great job with the founding documents, but they were also all slave owners. And I understand that that was the time of the day. But I think that morality, we shouldn't look to our politicians uh, for morality. That's why some people have religion and they should be separate. They knew enough to separate the church and state. And um, and I'm I'm, I'm sorry and I'm saddened to hear about these rifts going on. And and, and David, I know we have to go, but but uh, but um, Dan. Yeah, he's Dave. I'm you know, Dan. The, the, yeah. the churches. Yeah, I know. Right. Okay, yeah. the, the churches, they've always had their problems. They've always we- always weathered this. Are you confident that they will come out stronger or will the churches? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Look different after this oh, rift. That's such a good question. Um, here's what I would say: God is constantly doing something new, constantly doing something new. <laughs> what is that going to look like five years from now, mm-hmm. ten years from now? I don't know, but I have <laughs> ultimate faith that God will bring through people who follow Him and and worship and praise Him in some way, shape, or form as a community together. It may look like completely different things than what we have now, uh, and mm-hmm. in in while that can be kind of frightening and anxiety-inducing, uh, it should also be exciting because we get to join in the work of shaping what that is. And, and yeah. that's how God works, right? Mm-hmm. It's through and with human beings. So we get to partner mm-hmm. with that, and we get to do this new thing, and we get to make something that's been good uh, with flaws and try to make it better. And, and that's, that's a, nothing but a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Well said, my Beautiful. friend. Thank you. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. So good, Dan. So good. Go- God likes mm-hmm. to shuffle the deck, and uh, something new and, and better is, is coming. But uh, Dan Cook, producer Thanks, extraordinaire and Bethel Seminary student, thank you so much. And when you put some of these uh, thoughts online, would you let us know so we can listen to you online? Absolutely, we'll do. No, right. his podcast. It's his podcast. Which hasn't been updated uh, in a long Dan, time, so we don't, pod- pro- we don't need to promote uh, that. Oh, okay. All right, all right just all keep right, us posted. All right. All, right. all right, Dan, you're the best. Thank you. So, so, hey, George, the question for this next segment, for men listening, Mm -hmm. the University of Minnesota is working on an oral contraceptive, a birth control pill men 
can take. They're close to testing this on humans. Would you take it? Would you take a male oral contraceptive if it's available, if it's safe? Text us. Let us know. And stay tuned for this next segment, 651-461-9226. We'll be right back. Great conversation with producer Dan Cook about um, impacts on political issues and the church. Use the Rewind feature at the Odyssey app and listen to that whole conversation because it was a great one. Paul, I don't know what the church would say about a male birth control pill, but that is what we're talking about next. Um, This is a (laughs) fascinating study, and it's actually ongoing at the University of Minnesota. Dr. Abdullah Al-Noman is a graduate student who is working on this research project. And Dr. Dr. Gunda Georg, a medical chemist, is leading the University of Minnesota lab conducting this research. And and the research we're talking about is a new male contraceptive pill. When it was tested in mice, it was 99% effective. And the meeting was presented at the American Chemical Society on Wednesday. So, Dr. Alnoman and Dr. Georg, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. We're, we appreciate you being here. So, tell us how it works. The man takes the pill. What happens in his body to prevent a pregnancy? Um, so, let me maybe start out. Uh, so, taking the pill uh, will um, reduce uh, sperm counts in men. Uh, and with low sperm count, uh, men are no longer fertile. So that's how it works, very simply. Got it. That's and, easy. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds too good to be true. I mean, holy cow. And Jordana's first reaction was, oh, boy, well, guys are going to forget to take it. Um, and that's Right. Nother, I, don't, I don't trust them. Well, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> but Dr. Al Noman, uh, a grad student who working, you know, on this very, very closely, I'm curious, what makes this different, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't rely on hormones, right, um, which can lead to weight gain, depression, other side effects. Is, is that the case? Yes. So let me uh, give you a correction first. <laughs> um, I am not a doctor yet. I'll be a doctor hopefully next year. I and... just promoted you. You're, you're now a doctor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, was th- it was that fast, that easy. <laughs> so this, this is not a hormonal agent because uh, historically all the male contraceptive effort was focused on uh, making an agent that will interfere with the hormone and that will lead to uh, decreased sperm count and infertility. But wow. that led to side effect, as you mentioned. So our goal was in this lab to make non-hormonal birth control agents so that they don't lead to those side effects. And right now, the candidate we are testing, it showed amazing results in terms of both efficacy and safety. Uh, it was 99% effective at reducing pregnancy, and also it was very safe as far as we have seen in the mice, but ultimate safety would be tested in human clinical trial. Wow. So have you not tested it in humans yet? No, not yet, because okay. it needs green light from FDA before going into human, and we need to submit a a uh, whole host of safety data before uh, FDA clears it for the clinical trial. And that would be conducted by our collaborator at Your Choice Therapeutics. Okay. And I'm not sure if this is a question for Dr. al Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Abdullah al right? We can't make you a doctor yet, even though we'd like to, or um, Dr. Georg. But you mentioned it works 
by reducing the sperm count. So when the gentleman, maybe if ever, they want to become a father, if they go off the pill, will this have residual effects or does the sperm count rebound so then they are fertile when they choose to be? So when we tested this in mice, uh, after the, we stopped giving them the drug or our collaborator at Columbia, when they stopped giving them this candidate for four weeks, then after four weeks they started to become fertile again. And at the end of six oh. weeks, all the mice were uh, fertile as before with the normal sperm count and normal rate of pregnancy. So that is fully reversible as far as mice is concerned. Wow. Great. Dr. Georg, I'm, I'm just curious, how much competition do you have? This would be quite a breakthrough. I mean, if it's mm-hmm. affordable, safe, available uh, for men all around the world to use, and have you applied for patents? I'm, I'm sure you've got some intellectual property uh, protection, right? Yes, of course, we have intellectual property protection. You know, at the university, we have a very strong group that makes sure that the inventions uh, here out of the university are fully protected. Because if we don't have patent protection, you know, pharmaceutical companies or any company for that matter would not be able to take this on. Because it is very expensive to uh, develop a drug, to go through all the clinical trials, and so the company uh, <clears throat> uh, that licensed this um, uh, this patent, of course, has to re- reap, um, I guess, the investment, and they also have to make some money because that's what companies right. are all about. Yeah. Have you guys had discussions among your team about compliance? Have you done any research on, A, if men are willing to take it, and then, B, if they would be responsible enough to take it every day? So I can take that one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Though it's very popular assumption that men won't take the pill, even if men does, women won't won't trust them. But actually, a big cross-cultural study showed that more than half of the men are willing to take a pill and only 2% women mentioned that they won't trust their partner to take the pill. So overwhelming majority of women said that they are going to trust the pill. Because, you know, if you look at this, it has been long due. The first female birth control oh, yeah. pill was discovered in 1960. So the, we still don't, don't have an effective pill for men. So if mm-hmm. it goes out, then I'm pretty sure and study shows that there is a lot of men who are willing to take it. And most of the women will trust their partner to take the pill. Wow. So let me also say that we had quite a reaction, um, <clears throat> you know, when, when this uh, sort of hit the news. Uh, the company that we're working with, Your Choice uh, Therapeutics, told us they have been inundated with volunteers. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> Yeah. <great>. And, and, <laughs> And even I got, you know, requests uh, for men to participate in, in the clinical trial. So I forwarded them all to, you know, to the, to the company that will be uh, managing the clinical trial. So there's a bit of excitement out there, I think, about it. That's awesome. That's Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> hey, and, and we are rooting for you uh, with the uh-huh. University of Minnesota. Uh, backyard innovation that, that could go global. We wish you the best of luck. Check back in. Once you get some results from the human trials, and uh, we hope everything works out the way it's supposed to. Dr. Gunda Georg, uh, who's uh, leading the University of Minnesota lab, conducting the research, and Abdullah Al-Noman on his way to becoming a doctor. And this should yes. help, by the way. You, you nailed this. <laughs> wow. I think you got it made. Grad student uh, extraordinaire. We thank you both for joining us on CCO. Thanks, Thanks for having us.
Thank you. Yeah, this this was so interesting. I, I again, I don't know. I think um, hi there. My nurse is about to come in. Stephanie, just give me one minute. We're going to commercial. Okay, okay just give me one minute. Um, we. I, I hope the men would take it because you have to take it every day. It's not like a one-shot deal. It's like, oh, I'm having sex. I'm going to pop the pill. You have to take it every single day. Right. Um, but reminder that a pill, just like the female birth control pill, doesn't protect against sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, yeah. So everybody would have to know that and be aware that you have to take extra precautions. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. But thought that was cool. You can text us. Would you take it? 651 461 9226. When we come back, a little late night uh, funny and uh, a very persistent flamingo next on CCO. We're just across the street from the Dolby Theater, which was the site of the most dramatic moment in Oscar, maybe even television history. The Willie and Manila, as it's being called, it is turning out to be this generation's version of the moon landing. Was it a crime? Was it staged? Is it the end of comedy? Is it cake? We don't know. Unless you've been living under a Chris Rock, you know the story, we all do. People living in igloos know the story, but the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists, they're not jumping to any conclusions. They've begun what they call their official review. The president and CEO of the Academy sent a letter to members, says it'll take them a few weeks to complete their investigation of this incident. And a lot of people are wondering what, uh, why it will take a few weeks to investigate something we all saw happen in real time. You have to remember, uh, it takes these people four hours to hand out eight awards. So they're, they're in no rush. They do one thing a year, and that's it. It's true. Well said. Uh, gosh, I hope it's not our equivalent of the moon landing. That is very sad. We all need to chill. Yeah. Yeah, we all saw it. Yeah, action should have consequences. And uh, I feel hey, bad. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Before before you get into your kicker, I got a dip because you know what? There's a, a gurney outside with my name on it. I have to go get a kidney ultrasound. I'm going to do that. Hopefully, it'll just take the commercial break, and I'll be back with you in the next hour. Okay. All right. All right. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right, boys. Absolutely. Hang in there, Jor. We're with I'll you. I'll see you in a few. All right. You got it. Thanks, buddy. Don't pinch any orderlies. No, not that you would, but don't. Yeah. Um, I worry about the other Will Smith. There's, there's a Maryland state senator by the name of William Smith Jr., and he woke up Monday morning to notifications, DJ, on his cell phone. Uh, why did you hit Chris Rock? Expletive, expletive, <laughs> really? expletive. One Twitter user asked the senator. Some people were angry. Others were just trolling him, messing uh, with a politician. The uh, Maryland senator, Will Smith, mm-hmm. said that this was uh, such an unexpected response, but he hopes... With his new Twitter followers, people can, quote, follow some of the great work we do here in Maryland (laughs) and the General Assembly. Yeah, what a name to have. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's a good name, but uh, oh, my goodness. I don't know. I'll save the uh, I'll I'll save the flamingo story for another time. Hey, did you know? I don't know if you heard this. It's National Crayon Day. No. Isn't that exciting? No, no. You know I hate that stuff. Can I tell you something actually more interesting? <laughs> I do that just to annoy you. I know. I hate that stuff. You know that uh, there's two ski resorts still open in Minnesota. Giants Where? Ridge. Giants Ridge and Lutzen still open. And uh, actually decent conditions. A couple hours of snow or a couple of inches of snow fall. And uh, I know Lutzen planning to be open until May 1st. They all want to be the last. Let's right? go. Yeah. Last come on. man standing. <laughs> 
Hey, it sucks to be Vladimir Putin. He's getting some bad advice. More on that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 